Oh, hey. Well, hello. I didn't see you there. Welcome to the Dorkiest Podcast, everybody. Uh, we're doing a solo episode. Uh, I think this is for the first time, yeah? Uh, you know, I've always kind of wanted to do a solo episode here and there, just kind of fill some, you know, gaps in the release schedule and things like that. You know, having multiple co-hosts that come in and out, you know, Daniel being my main co-host, but, you know, he's out on uh, matrimonial leave, right? So he he's, uh, you know, getting married, he's out on his honeymoon, he's out buying a house. Like, homeboy shouldn't be doing a podcast right now. So, you know what? Uh, you got you got me, and uh, you know in the in the in our absence, I've been playing a lot of really great games, and you know rather than wait until we you know record another uh, full episode with Daniel or or with Zoe or with Erica or whoever the next uh, co-host is going to be hosted by, uh, I figure I should probably talk about them right now because oh man, I, I have been busy. I've you know finished Xenoblade Chronicles three, which is uh, taken up pretty much all of my time for the last month and a half. Um, great game, which I'll get to in a bit. But uh, after I rolled credits on that, uh, I've been getting through a lot of stuff in my backlog. And, uh, I'm, and I'm really happy about that. And thankfully, uh, pretty much all of these have been great and fantastic and unique. And I think, you know, really worth talking about. So, you know, without further ado, you know, let's go ahead and get right into it. Uh, you could probably think of this as just like a recommendations episode. Um, just, you know, again, talking about the stuff that I've been playing, uh, why I think that you guys should maybe check them out too, maybe add them to your backlog, maybe download them uh, for, for, for a quick minute and see if they're your thing. Uh, and thankfully, unlike Xenoblade Chronicles 3, uh, most of these games are, you know, pretty short within, you know, maybe the 5 to 10 uh, maybe push 15 to if you'd like to take your take your time uh, hour mark. Uh, and you know, so and for the most part too, most of these, uh, at least on switch, they aren't too expensive if you buy them digitally. Um, so you know, I'll stop rambling. So we'll, we'll go we'll go ahead and get into it. Uh, first of which, uh, you know, just like I said, in the last few episodes, I uh, have been playing Xenoblade Chronicles three, which has eaten up a lot of my time. Uh, just my console time in general since it came out in July 29th. Uh, I spent all of my August playing it. I spent oh, almost all of my September playing it too. It's a it's a chunky game, and it uh, I think my total playtime finally ended up being somewhere in the 90 hour range. Um, so you know, anytime I had time to you know set set aside to play some games, it was with Xenoblade Chronicles 3, and. You know, I'm, I'm talking a lot about length, of course, but you know, I, I wouldn't be putting that many hours into a game unless I really enjoyed it. And thankfully, I'm here to report that Xenoblade Chronicles 3 is a fantastic experience. It is a great adventure. Um, I won't bore you with all of the details. There's a lot to talk about. Like I said, 90 plus hour experience if you you know want to get through some of the side quests and um, some of the other um, other things that the game has to offer, which I highly recommend too. You know, the, you could definitely get a good experience if you just kind of beelined the story and um, and you know just kind of went through it as fast as you can. Uh, and I think the game offers that experience too. If you maybe want to bump down difficulty, which you can do at any time, and just kind of go through the story. Uh, the story is actually worth experiencing uh probably 
pacing wise, you probably imagine it like a long form, like anime, like maybe two seasons of an anime. Um, and you know, my, my patience with anime, it varies from, uh, uh, from, you know, uh, title to title. And, uh, you know, a lot of it has to do with, you know, very tropey things that I don't really have much patience for anymore. Um, just the kind of depictions of women, uh, the kind of over-sexualization of them and, you know, the sexualization of teenage characters as well. Um, but, you know, thankfully, at least for as far as my taste goes, this game doesn't seem to have any of that. Uh, I was kind of worried going into it as well because Xenoblade Chronicles through 2, um, from what I saw, I didn't end up picking up this game just based on reviews and trailers and uh, footage that I've seen, kind of fell into that uh, anime trope stuff that I didn't really that I don't really like, which is a shame because the first Xenoblade Chronicles very much didn't. So I wonder what all, where that tonal shift kind of came from. So at least uh, thankfully on uh, just, just at least from my experience, Xenoblade Chronicles three, uh, pretty straightforward as far as that. Um, I, you know, I, I love the charming characters. Each of them have their own quirks. Each of them belong in the story. Each of them has a role to play uh, as far as where the story takes them. Uh, they get along well as well. And, you know, each of them have interesting chemistry with one another. Uh, and the, the story itself kind of goes through some twists and turns that are worth experiencing. And I, I, I find it, I, I'd be interested to hear if anybody saw any of these twists or story beats coming, uh, because I certainly didn't. And, you know, as far as, you know, I've been playing RPGs pretty much my entire life. If you can, if you can, you know, get me with a story that I didn't see coming, then hey, no, I, I'd say that's a success. Uh, so again, I won't uh, talk too much about it. I, I think I've talked too much. I think I've talked enough about it on previous episodes. So you know, if Xenoblade Chronicles Three isn't is a game that you think you might be interested in, I would definitely highly recommend it. Uh, the 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 battle system is interesting and varied enough to keep you invested throughout the entire experiences too. There's a lot of systems in play, uh, not just with combat, but also with exploration and um, stat management. And um, the level up system is very interesting as well. Uh, you know, not to mention all the side content, but there's a lot of systems in play um, but I honestly don't feel like it overwhelmed me at any time. So again, don't be intimidated if you go into a review and they start they start talking about these made up words that don't make sense. You know, I think the game does a good job of at least easing you into each new mechanic and slowly trickling them out to you throughout the story and um, when when the time is right. So. Yeah, again, if you're a Switch owner and you're looking for a grand epic RPG to hold you over for the next few months, uh, I'd say definitely give Xenoblade Chronicles 3 a, tr uh, a look-see. Um, as far as I understand, there, as far as I know, I don't think there's a demo out, so you can't really test this out. But um, again, yeah, just make an informed decision. Maybe go find a review from a from a from a YouTuber or a, or an outlet that you trust, uh, and it definitely gets a recommendation for me. So. Yeah, go check it out if you if you if you think you got the time. 
And uh, thankfully, once I was done with that, I felt this overwhelming sense of freedom. <laughs> Not that, you know, I felt trapped by Xenoblade Chronicles 3 or anything, but like I felt like, oh, wow, I spent so much time, so many weeks with this one game. What could I possibly have to play next? Uh, well, the timing was kind of perfect because uh, when I finished Xenoblade Chronicles 3, it uh, kind of uh, lined up with the physical release of a game that I've been highly anticipating for 2022. I know Daniel has as well. This was brought up on our most anticipated episodes, uh, you know, several months ago. Uh, but that's the the video game Stray. Now, this is a game that was revealed during the PlayStation 5 reveal event back in 20. Oh, was that 2019 or was it 2020? I can't remember. But back when the 20 uh, back when the PS5 was first revealed, this little trailer of this little kitty cat wearing a backpack wandering around this post-apocalyptic cyberpunk looking alleyways with a bunch of uh, robots uh, with, with the, 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 a society that's inhabited by all robots. And it, it definitely got the imagination going. And, uh, and it's exactly what it looks like. It's a game that you play as a little tabby cat with a little backpack and a little robot companion. And you go about this very interesting world with that does environmental storytelling really well. Um, you know, being a cat, you don't really get to communicate with the robot beings that, you know, can communicate with you. They're kind of talking to your little robot companion. It's a kind of like a little floating head, essentially. Uh, it translates for you. Uh, it, it reads signs for you. But you, as the cat, don't actually communicate back to it. So the game does this really good job of environmental storytelling. You can parse together based on things that you read, uh, things that you see throughout the this village, context clues about what people are talking about, what the robots are up to and why they're doing the things that they do. It's uh it's 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 very interesting and I have to say after playing it um, and taking turns with my wife Erica who you know she was just as, just as excited for this game as I was. Um, you know, so we, you know, passed the controller back and forth together and she's, she ended up, you know, kind of going through the game all on her own too, after your old credits. And, uh, you know, we've had a lot of great discussions about it. Like what could, you know, this story be mean? What does the ending mean? You know, where, where did the humans go and why are the robots acting in the way that they do? The game does a good job of not giving you all of these answers and leaving things to your imagination. And uh, I really appreciate that about it. It doesn't spoon feed you things. It doesn't force anything down your throat. Um, and on top of that, you get to play as this little kitty cat, a perspective that I don't, I don't think I've ever played in any other video game in the past. And because you're playing as this little kitty cat, the way you traverse the world is definitely different than, you know, let's say you were, you know, just another robot in this little robot society. You know, we're all used to humanoid type characters and the way that humanoid type characters traverse is very limiting than that, say, of a cat. You know, for example, you know, you would go down an alleyway, for example, and you'd see this little fence. Well, in in any other game, that fence would be like, okay, well, I can't go down this way. But if you're a little cat, you just squeeze right through the bars. You know, so it forces you to think about traversal 
uh, a little bit differently. It forces you to think about the platforming uh, in a different way and try to think outside the box. And the game does a really good job of that. Um, one thing I will say, though, uh, that since the game is pretty short, uh, I, I would have liked that to be for there to have been some more um, attention to detail, especially with the movement of the cat. Uh, some some of the stuff just didn't seem like it was as polished as it could have been. You know, the, it is a shortish game. Uh, Erica and I kind of finished it mostly because we were exploring a lot. Uh, like around the seven to eight hour mark, I've been seeing a lot of reviews and um, coverage that say that oh, the game is about five hours long. And uh, there's a trophy actually that you that you can actually beat the game in like two and a half hours long. If, if you want to get that and that's the last trophy we need to get like we, if we get that we got the platinum so go us lucky hopefully, hopefully we get that very soon but yeah for a game that's so short and it's so linear um i i i, I wish there was a little bit more of you know uh, attention to detail just with the cat's movements you know he the cats can sometimes make a lot of these weird like sharp turns uh some of the movement seems a little unnatural you know i know you know, mo-capping a cat wasn't probably wasn't something that I think maybe they had at their disposal as far as technology goes. But uh, you know, I, I think it's just just a little bit more time in the oven just to fix those kind of things could have elevated this game to um, something that was a lot more than what it actually is. But um, I mean, don't like don't take that criticism as to say that we didn't enjoy our time with the game. It's just something that I personally would have liked to see from a. a game like this so yeah def- stray was definitely worth the wait uh very unique experience uh, and i think and i think you know years down the road when the ps5 when, when we're done when, when we're about time to retire the ps5 i'm gonna look back at my experience with stray and, and think like wow that was that that really stood out you know so uh, again great world building great unique traversal element and surprisingly the story is actually kind of heartfelt like my wife erica got really emotional at the ending and uh and i and i understand why it, it, it was a very uniquely told story so yeah go pick up stray it, it is it should be out physically at most like electronics type stores um but uh originally when it was released in july uh it was only available digitally but uh you should be able to find it physically now wherever you buy physical video games so once we were done with that, uh, you know, it's time to hit up the old backlog. I had to pop out my Switch cartridge of Xenoblade Chronicles 3, uh, had to retire it to its case, put it back on the shelf, and then I had to do the arduous task of picking which game did I have to play next. So, you know, uh, wasn't an easy thing. I had to, I, I, <laughs> you know, picking games from my backlog is never really an easy thing to do, but I ended up choosing first after we played Stray, this game that I've been uh, really interested in since it came out in 2019, I think it was. Yeah, that's what I'm seeing over here. September 5th, 2019. This is a side-scrolling beat-em-up uh, by uh, called River City Girls. Now, this is a bit of a... Mm, a reboot sort of set, uh, like a... Like a um, an honorary reboot, I guess, from the old River City Ransom games, the old, old, old those old arcade candidates from the 90s. So this is a sequel slash reboot to that called River City Girls, where you play as the girlfriends of 
the of the main characters that you played in River City Ransom. Uh, and it's, you know, it's kind of story focused as well. Uh, you know, and it's a very lighthearted story. It doesn't take itself too seriously. Uh, you know, you're, you're two high school girls beating up your classmates and then beating up townsfolk, beating up gang members, beating up Yakuza, you know, uh, things like that. Uh, and yeah, it, it's, it's, it's incredibly fun. Uh, there is a progression system as far as unlocking new moves. Uh, and it is, and I, I played a single player though. So no, nobody else in my family was, um, actually no, Zoe played for me for a night and she had a good time, but you know, we don't, we don't get to hang out with Zoe every single day. So, uh, you know, by the time she came back to the house, I'd already finished this game. It was another very short one. Um, but, uh, if, if you have the opportunity, definitely play this with a co-op partner. This is a two player side, uh, a two player co-op game. I believe you can play it online as well. Um, I'm not sure about that because the trailer for river city girls Two, one of the selling points is that you can play it online. So, uh, I want to say maybe it's a 50, 50 chance or 50, 50 in my head that you cannot play this online with somebody. It's only a couch co-op experience. Um, but yeah, other than that, it's just a really enjoyable side-scrolling beat-em-up. This isn't a genre that I normally play. Um, I do have the Ninja Turtles game, the the most recent one that, that, that came out. I got that a physical. It's supposed to be coming out this next week uh, that my family's interested in, So uh, that which is another side-scrolling beat-em-up kind of throwback to the old 90s arcade games. Uh, but, th- but even as a single-player experience, this was a very enjoyable fun game there's a lot of really quirky humor in this uh you know just with maybe the sprite art of the npcs and also like uh a lot of the banter that goes back and forth between the two characters uh kyoko and uh misako uh they you know they have a really fun dynamic between the two of them you know one of them's like super fiery and angry all the time the other one is kind of like the girlish innocent one i guess but you know they they both uh as far as their movesets go they're both equally as capable uh you know so so don't think that you have to choose between one or another and you and uh you know one person will have an advantage or anything like that uh there's a lot of uh there's a lot of great mechanics too you can also turn off or on friendly fire if you want to add add or take away any sort of challenge and it's just a, a great co-op experience. You know, there's a there's a few levels to get through. Uh, each of the zones are very unique and interesting in their own right. And you know, if, if this is something that you seem like you would be interested in, uh, you know, definitely check check out a trailer, see the art style. I love the sprite work in this. There's voice acting in it too, so it kind of you know brings it up to the modern day. And uh, yeah, just a just a great recommendation. This is on. Um, everything I believe. So yeah, it's on, it's on switch. It's on PlayStation four, Xbox one, Amazon Luna. It's on PlayStation five as well. So yeah, go pick this up. If, if you seem interested in, I always see this on sale as well. So, um, and then there's a sequel coming, uh, as well in 2022. Oh no, I'm sorry. That's the prequel river city girls. Zero river city girls. Two is currently in development. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, next up, uh, I'm going to say a bunch of words, but I assure you, this is the name of a game. It is called Record of Lotus War, colon, Deedlet in Wonder Labyrinth. Now, Mike, 
what the heck did you just say? <laughs> I had to look this up myself. So, uh, and I'll explain how I heard about this game in a bit. So, uh, so apparently re the record of Lodos War is an anime series that's been around since the 90s. It is a kind of a fantasy type series, like a traditional fantasy where, you know, where there's knights and, and elves and magic and dragons, uh, very D and D inspired. Um, but it's, it's been around for, you know, 30 plus years at this point. And I, I looked on our Crunchyroll app and there's a whole anime series that went, that went by as well. And there's like, a, there's at least in Japan, there's other things like audio dramas and then there's, novelizations and then there's a few video games that came out uh japan only uh, only a few video games and uh you know things from this series kind of made its way to the west and this was one of them uh and this is again deedlet and wonder labyrinth uh deedlet is the name of the main character and the wonder labyrinth is the name of like the area that she's trapped in uh so yeah so now that you're educated like i am now the name, Record of Lotus War, Deedlet and Wonder Lambereth makes perfect sense, right? Now we can move on. <laughs> so I heard about this game because of a uh, like a Switch series channel on YouTube that I follow. And they were talking about this game that uh, was released in 2021. It originally came out in 2021, uh, like on PS4, uh, PS5, Xbox, and the Xboxes back in December. And then it came to Switch uh, shortly after on in January of this year. Um, and it's very, 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 very similar uh, stylistically from the art direction, from its for, uh, from its like gameplay loop to um, the game Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Right. It's, it's almost like plagiarizing. If you look at some game footage of this or a review or a trailer or something and you see the main character run it almost looks like a palette swapped version of Alucard from Castlevania Symphony of the Night. So, you know, kind of a kind of, kind of questionable how they, you know, kind of came up with some of the art assets for this. But, uh, you know, uh, I, I think maybe Konami might want to send some lawyers down that way. <laughs> but uh, needless to say, this is a game that is heavily inspired by Castlevania Symphony of the Night, uh, a game that I very much enjoy. Uh, I have it on Vita too. Long live the Vita. And uh, I, I have Symphony Night on Vita. Uh, this one I got on uh, Wonder Labyrinth. I got on Switch. Um, but yeah, if you're going to copy a game, copy one of the best games ever made. You know, one of the games that kind of put cast. You know, kind of define the term Metroidvania. Um, but as far as a game that is copying Symphony of the Night, uh, this one does a really good job. It, it has its own kind of mechanic as well, as far as. Um, like some of the combat mechanics are a, a little bit different than what Symphony of the Night has to offer. It's got his, it's got this unique magic system that uh, is involved with a traversal. Like you unlock certain magic skills, and it, of course, just like in any good Metro Metroidvania, it uh, allows you to gain access to different parts of the map. And it's not a very long game either. I think I clocked this one in at about six, maybe seven hours on my Switch. I'd have to turn my switch on to, to, to take a look at it. But um, yeah, this one won't take you too long. And, uh, and this is neither a good thing or a bad thing. It's just, it's just more about your personal taste. But unlike Symphony of the Night, this game's a lot more linear and a lot more uh, focused as far as telling you where to go. 
um, part of the appeal of Symphony Symphony Night is that it was very maze like, and it the game really didn't hold your hand. It it it, it let you explore. It let you it let you discover things on your own pace. Um, Wonder Labyrinth very much kind of tells you where to go, and it's very it's it's pretty apparent of where you can and can't go at any given point. Uh, there was a time when I put the game down for like a few days just because, you know, I had a busy weekend and, uh, you know, I didn't have time to play. I didn't have time to play anything. So when I picked the game back up, like three days later, you know, I took a look at the map. You know, I didn't have that experience that I did with Symphony of the Night where I had nowhere, I had no idea where I, where I was going. I knew exactly where I was going in Wonder Labyrinth. Uh, difficulty, though, uh, it is not a very hard game I, I have to say it's a very much more casual experience i think uh, people who don't really have a lot of experience with these types of games probably would find wonder labyrinth a little bit more accessible again neither a good thing or a bad thing it just depends on your own personal tastes and your personal skill level but uh this is a great introduction to a game like that you know if 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 you ever looked at symphony tonight or maybe even played it and kind of put it down because it might have been too hard or too difficult maybe check out again record of lodos for deedlet and wonder labyrinth i got very used to saying that <laughs> over the past month because uh, this one might be more up your alley uh, but if you're the type of person who really 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 loves castlevania symphony tonight i don't think this one might appeal to you just because it is a little bit more on the simple side the bosses aren't um there, there's a handful of bosses and the bosses aren't very punishing at the most it took me about three tries to get like a to get any given boss most like i'd say like half of the bosses i was able to defeat on my first playthrough or my first way my, my first time through them and i'm not like i wasn't grinding or anything you know there is a level up system but i wasn't trying to get stronger at any point i was just playing the game as i as i was going and i was able to you know get through the, most of those bosses pretty easily but again neither a good thing or a bad thing it just depends on your own gameplay style so give that a look see it's a very interesting game stylistically you know that throwback 90s arts art style with the with, with the sprite work um and it's you know, it, there, there's a lot of love and care into this as well. It, it's not a game that looked like it was slapdash together, even though, again, I think there might be some plagiarism going on with some of these sprites. Uh, it, it doesn't seem like it's a it's a game that uh, um, was slapped together by some people who just wanted to make a quick buck. Um, so, yeah, give that, a, give that a try. I never heard about it prior to a, a few months ago, but uh, I'm glad that I came across this one because uh, I, had a, I had a great time with it. So a couple more games to go here. This was this next one here is a is a newish game. This one was released not too long ago, uh, and you can find this on uh, uh, not Google Stadia anymore because that service is going to be shut down uh, on Switch, uh, PC, PS4, and Xbox One. Now this is a cool two D brawler. Uh, side-scrolling type of brawler mixed with an action RPG. Now, this game is called Young Souls. Uh, now, I know Souls is in the title, and I talk a lot about like you know the FromSoft games like Dark Souls and so far and so forth. But uh, this is very unrelated to that. 
kind of a bad title, I'll admit, but um, the uniqueness of this game really stands apart from, uh, you know, a lot of games that are probably that would probably be lumped in with. So again, this is like a 2D brawler, um, but it has like action RPG elements to it, like kind of, I guess, Kingdom Hearts, uh, I, I would probably describe the the combat as. Um, so, yeah, so if you can, if you can kind of imagine maybe like Streets of Rage meets Kingdom Hearts, uh, probably a hard thing to think of uh, to imagine. But uh, I, I, you know, maybe check out some gameplay of this one as well. And this was a very interesting experience. Now you play as these two twins, uh, the 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 titular young souls, and they are orphans who have been adopted by this professor, and uh, you know they're kind of you know, they're, they're kind of like hooligans of, of the town. Like, you know, they skip school, you know, they talk back, uh, you know, they just, they, they're not interested in going to class, things like that. You know, they get into fights. Um, a lot of the other peers, they're, they're, a, lot of, a lot of the other kids in town don't like them. A lot of d- adults don't trust them. Um, but when their adoptive father goes missing and they go missing and he goes missing by what's suspected to be trolls who live underground, uh, they are the ones who step up and per- essentially save this town from ruin, uh, from an all-out war between these troll people who live under now, who live underground, and the and the surface dwellers. So it's a very interesting premise. Uh, the writing is interesting as well. Uh, I I really grew to in- to enjoy these two protagonists. You can switch between them at any time, and it is a co-op game. Uh, you can optionally play as co-op, and I would actually highly recommend that. Uh, because during the battle sequences, if there isn't a, another player present, the player you are not controlling kind of disappears from the battleground, and you're kind of forced to fight off the enemies and or boss uh, on your own, which is doable. But I, th- I would imagine it would be a lot more enjoyable with a partner by your side, especially a couch co-op partner. So again, a great co-op game. Uh, I think this is worth a try as well, if not just for the art direction alone. It does that really cool 2D hand-drawn kind of diorama style, um, very similar to a game I talked about earlier in the year called uh, Dodgeball Academia, where it looks like they're 2D pictures in a 3D space. And uh, I'm, I'm a huge sucker for that kind of stuff. So... Um, yeah, the RPG mechanic too is very light and kind of straightforward, so it's not going to confuse you. It's not going to confuse newcomers, I don't think. Um, but it, it does this cool thing too, which I really love about games that take that take place in the quote unquote modern day, where you can buy modern day clothes and they act as RPG stats. Like, so you can get these cool pants and they will give you like a plus two defense or something. Or you can get these, these cool new shoes and they'll give you like a, this cool new ability to dash forward or something like that. So it does this really cute thing too. And uh, there's some cool side quests as well that you can participate in. My favorite one was going to the gym. So during the day, you can explore your neighborhood and explore the town. And you can get these tokens to go to the gym for the day. And you can work out things like uh, you can you, you can do, um, you know, bench press, uh, bench presses. And that would give more uh, points to go, to go into your strength. You can uh, do ab curls and they and they'll add to your uh, D6 
defense and your resilience. You can get you can get on the cardio and that would add to your stamina and so forth, right? So it's really, really cool the way that it does things like that. And you can do you can do, you know, fetch quests for some of the from for some of the townsfolk as well, and that would that would net you some items. Uh, so yeah, the way it kind of tackles its side quests was very quirky to me. And um, you know, one thing that I wish it had was voice acting. There is other than some grunts, uh, there is there isn't really um, you know any voice acting per se at all in in this game. And uh, on on Switch, uh, it, there I did come into like a couple of crashes as well. So you know if so there were some performance issues on my end, uh, and, the, and I was playing on the latest patch. So if that's something that might worry you, maybe check it out on a different console. Uh, as well but uh, I mean it's perfectly playable on switch but you might come across like the odd hiccup here and there so yeah very unique game uh, this is a, this is another one that like I kind of came across uh, even I, I kind of came across recently uh, thanks to a channel that I follow and I gl- again I'm glad I did this is a very unique experience unique art style unique gameplay kind of mashup and um, and by the time I rolled credits like I was really endeared to the main characters, even though they come off pretty brash. Next up here, uh, another great indie game that came out originally uh, in 2018 uh, on the PS4, Xbox One, and Windows. Uh, kind of made its way to the other consoles shortly after, and then a little, and eventually on Switch. This is a game called Moonlighter, and the premise of this is really cool. And, and as soon as I found out what the premise was. I was sold immediately. So you play as the shopkeeper, uh, similar to like a shopkeeper at like an, you know, an RPG town, you know, but those of us who play RPGs, especially old school kind of JRPGs, you know, we're used to going into towns and then kind of, uh, you know, going to the inn and then going to the weapon shop and the item shop and stuff like that. Have you ever stopped to think about the lives of these shop owners? Where did they get these items? What do they do when you're not around? Well, the game Moonlighter hopes to answer some of that question because you do play as the you know those item shop owners, uh, and the ans- the way this game answers that question is that during the day you run the shop, and by run the shop you can put items that you have in your possession out on the shelves for adventurers. To come in, t- to come in and uh, buy from you, you can set the price, which is a very interesting mechanic. And the mechanic is very cool too, because you have to kind of watch the reaction of the customer. And if they are upset by the price, then you obviously set the price too high. If they're very, very, very delighted by the price, then you set the then you set the price too low. You kind of have to kind of strike this balance if you want to maximize your profit. You know, sounds very like you know uber capitalistic, but um, the way that's how you progress in the game. The game is very generous with its progression system, and you gain strength and you gain armor and weapons by making a lot of money and you know going to the other shops in the town that you live in and buying the new armors, buying the new weapons, so that you can go at nighttime when the sun goes down to these dungeons that are just in the outskirts of town, and they are these procedurally generated um, top-down view kind of it kind of reminded me of Hades a lot uh, if anybody is familiar with that game from last year um, and 
there, so there's, there are these magic dungeons and then the enemies that you defeat will drop loot and then you open chests there and they, you know, you pick up the loot from there as well. And all that loot that you pick up during your time in the dungeons will be, it can be sold in your shop and, you know, adventurers will come in uh, and, you know, be delighted to see like, oh, you have this crafting material that I've been looking for. You know, it's like, oh, you have this, this tome that I've been looking for that, that has this spell, you know, that I need to learn on my, on my adventure. Uh, so, oh my gosh, it was such a, a delightful game from start to finish. I loved every second of it. I think this game is borderline a masterpiece. Um, I, this is another game where I think it could have been elevated just a little bit by like maybe some voice acting and maybe a stronger story, but because of the, uh, kind of procedurally generated nature of the game and how, you know, once you defeat the big boss from this one dungeon, you kind of move on to another, another, uh, until you reach, uh, the shopkeep that you're playing as has a goal in mind. He's trying to reach the, like the, the fifth dungeon where, nobody in town has ever you know uh, looted from before and the last person to try you know failed miserably and so yeah so there is some story but uh you know the story isn't the forefront the 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 for the what what you're going to be doing most and it's a great evenly split too you're going to be you're going to be dungeon crawling for half the time and then you're also going to be managing the shop and if it sounds, you know, maybe maybe just from my description, it sounds like maybe managing the shop isn't the most exciting thing to do. But I had a blast managing the shop. I, 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 I would also I would also venture to say that like maybe managing the shop was a lot more fun than you know the dungeon crawling because maybe it's also because I've never done that before in any other game. So a very very cool unique take on um you know this type of game. I don't even know what a, what what I would call it action rpg but shop manager i, I don't know but it's a yeah it, it, it was it was it was a blast and i can't i can't recommend this one enough i think if you were looking for a great indie title that uh will you know that will leave an impression on you and at least it did for me and help me think about you know the npcs of the towns that i go in to in other rpgs uh, so hopefully to kind of open up your perspective a little bit for, uh, you know, for, for, for the little guy out there, the guy that sold you that high potion, he worked really, really, really hard to get that side, po- to get that high potion. He almost died so that you could pay $500 for that high potion that saved your life, buddy. So think about that. <laughs> so, uh, last game I'm going to talk about before I end out this episode, uh, is a game that I'm currently playing right now. Um, I, I feel like I'm almost done with it, uh, but uh, this is a game uh, that was published by Adult Swim Games that I just learned. I, I learned that like uh, you know a few weeks, uh, you know, a few days ago. Um, but this is a game called Deaths, Deaths, Deaths Gambit. Uh, the developer of this is White Rabbit, who I believe is a newer uh, developer. They, they didn't really have a lot of other games to their name. Uh, this was released originally in 2018 uh to kind of poor to mixed reviews actually so this is uh, there's a theme here a side-scrolling pixel art uh but uh, a metroidvania mixed with a dark souls type combat game and this game did a does it at least now um so, so let me explain yeah so this was um released back in 2018 so i 
again, to some poor and average reviews. And the developer, White Rabbit, you know, actually took the time to release you know, patches that, that, that address a lot of the issues, you know, from what I'm under, from what I understand, the game's combat was very clunky and unintuitive and it didn't flow very well. And the, the stamina system was kind of broken and nothing was balanced really well. So, you know, if you're going to invoke the name of like dark souls and symphony of the night and those, you know, type of games that are very balanced and very, you know, feel very good to control, then you better make sure that you're, that those elements are, are, are airtight. So at least from what I'm reading in 2018, they weren't airtight. So kudos to the developer because I am playing get death's gambit afterlife, which is like the expanded and revised version of it that came out, uh, finally in 2021. And, uh, I'm playing the switch version of course. And, yeah, so you know, it added new content, it added new weapons, a, a complete mechanical overhaul in certain instances. Uh, I kind of wish I would. I kind of wish I had a way to play the old version just so I can have a basis of the, a basis of comparison. But you know, the only thing I have to um, share with you today is my experience with the Afterlife version, so the most recent version of this game. And man, this plays very well. The combat is very tight. There is a very good parry mechanic that feels really good to do um you know if you hit the if you hit the block button at just the right time you can parry the attack and then go in for this uh, very very strong like uh, side swipe attack you know because it's a side scroller you can't really do much as far as animation goes but it's very powerful and it can take out chunks of enemy health and including bosses um but uh this is a very good very and mechanically it feels very well too i really like the art direction of this game the the music is very affecting as well and this developer did a really good job of blending dark souls combat into that 2d space you know part of what makes that you know games like dark souls and bloodborne and elden ring so enjoyable is that freedom of movement that uh that 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 full 3d space that you have complete control over you can dodge this way this way the in the back you can parry you can dodge through an enemy sometimes um you know obviously with a 2d style game you only have so much control over where you can parry where you can block and how you can dodge things but uh again this because this game is now so tight the the there's a lot of like generosity given to the dodge roll um which works in its favor because it you know makes the game a lot less frustrating it's not a super hard game you know you uh, you know whenever you invoke invoke the name dark souls to especially the people who don't play dark souls uh that can be a bit intimidating and i understand that i used to be in that uh i used to be in that camp as well but uh this is not that complicated at all um i think most people with moderate experience with action games can probably get through this game i am probably in the last area there were a few bosses that kind of you know frustrated me but when i came back to them the next day it might have just been nerves it might have just been you know fatigue but i was able to get through them just fine you know after resting for a day 
but um yeah the, the the game's pacing is really well i love the map design i love the different abilities i love the you know as far as like the level up system it's not at you don't have that same amount of freedom as you do um like dark souls or bloodborne or elden ring but you do have a bit of freedom of how you want to change up your character's skill base uh which is you know uh, i'm sure very um rewarding for people who take advantage of that and uh yeah overall it's just a very strong game there there is a story but it is a little obtuse um you know you want to invoke those two games like symphony of the night and dark souls so yeah you're going to make a weird up two story but it's it's easy it's 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 easy enough to follow if you catch if you catch my grit drift but um yeah a lot of people don't play these types of games for the story but uh yeah it, it's, it's it's just a really fun game i'm looking forward to finishing it up and i think by the time um you know the next full-on episode of the dorkiest happens uh I'll, I'll probably have this game uh, in the bag. So, yeah, I've been playing a lot of stuff. So I, I just wanted to share that stuff with you guys who were interested in checking it out. Um, all the games that I mentioned, huge recommendations for me. So I'm really happy that, you know, every, all the games that I've been playing for the last month or so have just been fantastic and unique in their own way. Um, a lot of big stuff on its way still. Um, I'm really looking forward to some Bayonetta 3 coming out later this month in October. Um, I'm going to be replaying Bayonetta 1 very soon, probably when I'm done with Death Death's Gambit Afterlife, uh, just to kind of refresh my memory with that game's combat and the very silly lore and uh, things like that as well. Uh, what else do we got? You know, November, we've got, you know, God of War, Ragnarok, right, on, right, right around the corner, right on its way, and I'm really looking forward to that as well. Um, the conclusion to the North Norse mythology saga for uh, this game. Uh, and I think as far as like the big stuff goes, that's probably all we got, you know, you know, uh, Gotham Knights. I'm kind of cautiously optimistic for, uh, for the, for, you know, this month in uh, October, uh, you know, previews have been, previews are coming out as of the time of this recording. And a lot of them are kind of saying the same thing, like, you know, some repetition, which I kind of, suspected um a plague tale requiem which is a sequel to a plague tale innocence which, which is a great little double a indie title from a few years ago uh very uh, very very much interested in that one i want to see how how that one goes but uh yeah i i, I think i'm just going to keep on chipping away at some more indie games this has been a really good year for uh, for indies and uh for you know, great little games that kind of go under the radar. So, uh, you know, I would, I would love to hear if you guys had any uh, recommendations for me as well. So, uh, you know, put them down in the comments or maybe tweet at me at dorkiest podcast or email me at the dorkiest podcast at gmail.com. And, uh, yeah, I just want to thank you for checking out this episode. I know it's a little bit different. Uh, I hope I didn't, um, bore you too much with uh, you know just just the one monotonous sound of my voice, but I just had a lot of games I wanted to share with you guys, and uh, I think uh, if even if you check out just one of the games um, that I that I listed on today's episode, I think you know you guys will be you guys will have a good time with at least one of them. So um, yeah, please feel feel free to check it out. I think what I'll do is I'll put a, a trailer for each of the games that I discussed in the description of this episode, so at least it'll give you some sort of visualization, especially if you've never heard of these before. So that'll do it for me. 
again, uh, please stay subscribed. And uh, I look forward to talking with you guys again on the next episode of The Dorkiest. Daniel is back from his uh, from his honeymoon. But, you know, homeboy just bought a house. So let the man unpack. So <laughs> he'll, you know, he'll be back uh, and ready to record whenever he's ready. I'm, I'm just giving him carte blanche to, you know, just do what he needs to do. He can take as much time as he needs to. Uh, I know Zoe wanted to do an episode. Uh, and I, I, I think we're going to schedule time to do that with her. But um, yeah, this is just a nice little one-off. I hope you guys enjoyed it. So for my co-host, no one, I'm your co-host, Mike. And uh, like we said, we're just playing some great indie games. GG's, folks. <laughs> <laughs>